Hello, 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 and welcome into Coach's Corner. I am your host, Luke's Coach Far, as always. It is a Monday night, and I'm recording here a little bit later than usual and releasing a little bit later than usual because we're a little bit off schedule. That's right, I'm traveling on the road this week. I will still be releasing the show. Obviously, tonight is tomorrow, I mean, for Tuesday. Uh, the Wednesday night show will be out on Thursday, as always, as promised. So no issues there, but as you know, the YouTube listener might um, think there is no show, but there is. It's just the podcast version. So um, whoever finds this, I'm glad you were here. I'm glad you're tuning in with me and little Layla here chewing a bone by my foot. If you hear her being loud, that means she's bothering me and coming up and trying to give off some awful sports takes. Don't want to hear them, Layla. We don't. <laughs> but either way... Got a pretty good show to get into. Uh, don't have anything really in front of me prepared. It's just because I've been off the week. You know, I I left off um, with the two videos. Obviously, Mondays was the top 100 NBA players. And there was a particular player where I basically referenced him and said, if this player ends up winning the championship, I think that he moves up significantly on this list. That player is Nikolai Jokic. And you know what he did? He won the thing. He won the whole damn thing. <laughs> Nikolai Jokic and the Denver Nuggets are your NBA champions. They finally conquered the mountaintop. They are on top of the NBA world right here before the draft starts. So I didn't notice this, but the NBA really does transition really quickly to the draft. But either way, the Denver Nuggets end up beating the Heat in five games. Um, I predicted it correctly in one of my group chats. We like do polls pretty regularly. And there I predicted it correctly with two other people, so shout out them. And uh, I can't remember who they are off the top of my head. But either way, I predicted it pretty easily because I, I just figured this would happen because the Denver Nuggets throughout the entire postseason were the best team in the NBA. There really was no question about it. I mean, they won in five games, I believe, or they went in four. I think they won in five games. Yeah, they won in five games against the Timberwolves because Anthony Edwards said he would never get swept in his career. Uh, they won in six games against the Suns with an emphatic game six win. Uh, they lost those two games just because Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are superhumans on offense. They sweep the Lakers. And then they gentlemen sweep the Heat. So... I don't know if it can be like thrown up there as like one of the hardest roads to a championship, one of the best runs we've ever seen, just based off the simple fact that they are lower seeds that they defeated. And, you know, frankly, I don't I don't think that really should be a qualifier because I feel like, you know, the deeper the teams get into the playoffs, that flukiness and that number that sits next to the team, I think that goes away. Like... I think it's pretty clear to understand that that Lakers team that was the 7th seed was not the, a true 7th seed as you're normally used to seeing in the NBA. Uh, that Heat team that barely snuck into the play-in or to the playoffs because they lost the first game of the play-in to the Hawks, that was not a normal 8-seed Heat team. They were firing on all cylinders. The, the if, if you don't remember, just last season, the Miami Heat were the number 1 seed. And so... They went from number one seed to, you know, barely making the play-in. And they go to the finals, 
based off of an incredible run from several players. Gabe Vincent, I think. Um, Bam Adebayo obviously had a good playoffs. Jimmy Butler is the star of that. And I, I think it's fair to say once they get to the finals, we can remove the fluky tag off of them as an eight seed. We can remove that eight seed. We can remove the seven seed from the Lakers. But I think the other seeds are fair. So, you know, I don't think it's fair to criticize their level of competition because also just look at the players that they, you know, the Nuggets had to go through in order to get to this point on those teams that you would rate as low. You have Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. You know, however you feel about Rudy Gobert, he is a two-time defensive player of the year. Could not really control Jokic. Uh, next round, he faces off against Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And I'm, I won't even mention Chris Paul because he was hurt. But Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, both unbelievable playoff runs, especially Devin Booker, who was missing. I mean, not not missing. He was he was making every shot. So you have those two guys. And then you get to the conference finals, and you have uh, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Austin Reeves. <laughs> and um, then you get to the finals, and you have Jimmy Butler, who... We'll get to him in a second. You know, on this insane run, talked about he's going to be talked about now as a top ten player, and Bam Adebayo, who actually did have a terrific finals. I I can't even like really crap all over him, because I mean he tried his best against Jokic, and you know even though I'd say that it was kind of game plan for Bam to be good on offense, he was good on offense and was aggressive. So, you know, I, you know I I wonder. This is just a side tangent. I wonder why Bam Adebayo can't have a three-pointer. Because he has an okay an okay mid-ranger. It's not good. Like it's not great or anything, but he has an okay mid-ranger. You know, I, I'm curious why he can't step outside the line and shoot a three-pointer, you know, make one one out of 3 shots. One out of 3 three-pointers a game. I don't because, I mean, 33% for a big man, I don't think that's a hard ask. You know, I, I I don't see why Bam can't be one of those guys. Now, I'm not saying be a three-point specialist, be three-point happy, but given the fact that Bam isn't, you know, your prototypical, you know, big man that is around the rim and hangs down low and everything, he can be outside, whether it's a playmaker, you know, as a mid-range shooter, I guess. Why can't he extend that range and get to that level that I think a lot like Kat and Jokic and I get Joel to an extent why what level they're at so that's just a side tangent on Bam but either way all those players I listed out the Nuggets won against all of them and frankly they did it quite easily I think that's the most impressive part is they did it very I don't want I don't want to say it was super easy but they made certain games look like regular season games, and I mean that in a positive manner. Because, you know, it's regular season games, once they kind of get, you know, to a certain cushion, they kind of just hold st- like hold steady and just win the game, and the teams just kind of stop trying. They Nuggets did that, like, got up to a, like a 10-point, 15-point lead and held steady throughout most of their games. And, you know, the thing is, as I say, in the regular season, the the other team kind of stops competing at a point. The playoffs, they don't stop. So the Nuggets held that lead that I was saying, and they just kind of, you know, while the other team is fighting and trying and clawing their way back, the Nuggets just held serve. And 
that I think that's what makes this run so impressive from Jokic, from Murray. Aaron Gordon had a terrific finals, I think, like in his own role, his own niche. Um, Michael Porter Jr. stunk the entire finals, except for the last game. And even the last game, he wasn't great, but he stepped up when he, they needed him to score points when it felt like no one else could really buy a bucket. Um, you have KCP and Bruce Brown filling their roles perfectly for this team. Christian Brown taking over Game 3. Jeff Green hitting a timely three-pointer, I believe, at the end of Game 4. You know, just multiple performances from, you know, the seven, eight players that they had, role players, you know, that they needed, and they they delivered. And, you know, it's not often that you see those guys constantly kind of throughout the playoffs play their role perfectly and maintain the level of play when it gets, you know, brighter like it does in the finals. Um, Danny Green comes to mind in spots. Danny Green was huge for that Spurs team coming up. Um, then there were times with the Lakers he just could not make a shot. And a lot of Lakers fans hated Danny Green's guts. And, you know, it's just, it's a player that sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. And, I mean, for some of these Nuggets guys, it was kind of like that. But they at least reached a certain, you know, median in their play that was acceptable. And I think the only game that some of them didn't was game two, which they lost. You know, K- KCP and Michael Porter Jr. were beyond dreadful, and they lost that game. But I think for the most parts of these other games, they at least played good enough to where they weren't, like, negatives in the fact that they're, like, a 10-point lead, and then it goes swings a 20-point way in the heat of a 10-point lead. No, they might, like, lose the 10-point lead because Michael Porter Jr. is jacking up shots, but they're not, like, dying because that's how much of a good overall team they are and a level that I think they were just at where they could maintain their focus and at least a quality of level of play from, like, 90% of the game. So... Yeah, one of the all-time performances from Jokic throughout these playoffs, I think it's safe to say he cemented himself as one of the best big man ever. Uh, I think I had him at 30th. I think he jumps up half that list. Like, he jumps up to the top 20, I think. Like, seriously, it's, it's crazy to say that for a guy who is just 28. Um, But, I mean, you, you look at some of the names. He has the championship now. He is a two-time MVP, back-to-back. Should be three-time MVP. Everyone knows it. Um, all NBA player, like all these different qualifications he has, and he's still got a heck of a career ahead of him. And you know, I was frankly, I was a little bit worried because, you know, I've said time and time again, Jokic is my favorite player, and I, although I know that he, I think, is committed to playing basketball, probably at least until he is bad. I, I was, like, slightly worried that after this championship, like, he might retire. And that is a crazy statement to make as a guy right in the middle of his prime, best in the league probably at this point. You know, I was worried that he would, you know, because he does, I think, think of basketball as a job and not, like, his number one priority. I think his family, uh, living in his country with all his horses, I think that is his priorities. And basketball is just something he's really good at as a seven-footer. And, you know, I, it's how he kind of funds everything else he does. And I don't think he thinks of basketball as, like, 
he has this intense love for the game. I just think he he likes it enough to where it's like this provides for me and my family. I am pretty good at it, and watch me do all these things as a man, like a monster of a man. So, you know, I was slightly worried that he might retire. <coughs> I think it's safe to say that that won't happen. Um, after the way he was chugging down beers and having a good time, enjoying the parade after thinking they initially wouldn't like it. So um, I'm glad to report that hopefully he won't retire anytime soon. Like, Because, I mean, really, it's one of those things where you can really just... He's reached the pinnacle. This is... <laughs> I don't think it gets worse than what he's experienced already or, like, uh, or much better than he was experienced. Like, he goes through grueling MVP conversations that are just mind-numbing. I think that's part of the reason why he lost it this year is because he really was just tired of it and affected his play somewhat. He had that going out throughout the season. He, you know, he finally defeats all the, you know, he can't perform in the playoffs allegations. and. But, yeah, I do think that he's here to stay. I do think he's one of the 20 best players the NBA's ever seen. One of the most talented offensive players from... All three levels, passing, rebounding, scoring, really can do it all. And at an efficient rate that you don't see many players. So he's not chucking up shots. It really isn't that way. But, yeah. And then, I, of course, I have to say Jamal Murray's is, is Robin there. is just He's an unbelievable Robin. Great shot maker when they needed him to. His playmaking was off the charts. It was just... I, I get really happy thinking about this championship because... You know, outside of my own with Georgia and the Braves, you know, this championship really felt like a lot for me just because of how much I don't like the Heat. It's been very known on record, put on record. Uh, and it's just how much I love Jokic and the Nuggets because it's, it's a team that I've been following for a little while just as a casual fan. And to see them reach this mountaintop, it's not something like, that often happens where I get to enjoy a championship like this, rooting for this type of team. Like, it really is nice. I mean, Chiefs and the Mahomes one game, the first one was pretty nice. That was special. Uh, I like the Warriors getting theirs, but, you know, it's... None of them, I felt, have been this sweet because I haven't... I, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to describe. It really is hard to describe how much I really enjoyed this one. I just... It's, this one feels like a big win that I can, I won't claim it as my own, like as my own title, but it's about as close as I can. So all that being said, I feel like I have to transition a little bit to the NBA. Still, I have to stay on the NBA because before I get to the puck minute here, the puck update, <laughs> the ice update, um, Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal, Wizards shooting guard, has been traded. That's right. Uh, Bradley Beal has been traded to the Phoenix Suns. We're just talking about the Suns and Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. And they add one more superstar. I don't want to say superstar. One more star to their loaded roster of uh, just the three players and DeAndre Ayton, Durant, Booker, Beal, and Ayton. So uh, Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and I think some a bevy of second-round picks get sent off for Bradley Beal and this Pretty big trade. I mean, uh, it was interesting that it happened. It went down the way it did because Bradley Beal has a no trade clause, so he kind of chose this. Like there was, he had the option, had all the leverage. Nothing could really stop him from you know being traded to the team he wanted to. And I think in the end, that's what happened. I think 
the appeal of playing with Durant and Booker, I think, is there. Obviously, as a third star, um, I think he's going to thrive. I really do. You know, the lack of defense, I think, is obviously concerning. The injury concerns are there. Um, and just, you know, I, can he do much outside of scoring the basketball? I mean, it's how much the Suns ask of him, I guess, that that question will be answered. But, you know, it's it's interesting because I don't think Bradley Beal has been on a playoff team as a number three. And I think he's finally getting going to get to do that here. And... I think that might be the best role for him because think about those Wizards teams with him and John Wall. Bradley Beal is always the number two to John Wall, and you know it's he was good in it. He was a good player during that time, but he was much younger, and he was those were his first playoff experiences. You know, he's I feel like he's learning on the fly, and then John Wall gets hurt and it kind of ends like it just kind of gets cut off there, and he stops being part of a competitive basketball team and. You know, after some time off from that kind of environment, I think you do suffer from it, and I believe that that's what happened to him. And although they made the playoffs as an eight seed with Russ, um, you know, Beal and Russ there, and he was probably the number one option at that point, but, you know, it's not the same. It's not like a team like the Suns, who are now, you know, top five in odds as a favorite, you know, from the Wizards, who were just god-awful. You know, it's it's a big step up in expectations, but it's a downgrade in his role, and I think both of those things can help him, like, reach, maybe not, you know, elevate his play, but reach that level where he, you know, plays his role as a good enough wing defender, digs down in his wing defending bag, I guess, and then can stand on the wing, shoot threes, stand in the corner, shoot threes, make his own shot as a shot maker, you know, take pressure off of Booker and Durant when they are just trying their hardest to, you know, play two on five, you know, make it three on five, <laughs> add another body and Beal, and maybe it works. And so the rest of this offseason will be super interesting to see what the Suns do to fill out this roster because three max guys is a ton of money taking up the cap. Uh, and then you add in Aiden's money. Aiden is not a cheap player either. You know, we'll see. Those four guys are taking up a ton of their cap space. It's going to be all veteran minimum guys now. So we'll see how it develops there in Phoenix. But I, I like what they're doing. I like the swing for them because I think it was obvious Chris Paul is towards the end of his career. He's a 39-year-old point guard who, you know, can't really force his way as a scorer and, you know, can't really defend. I think on the defensive end, he's really just a traffic cone standing out there. And, you know, getting rid of him, I think, is a good move. It's a proactive move that I thought was going to happen. Um, but, you know, it was it was a little bit touch and go whether it would. And this is the move that happens to free up that, you know, slot. And there's talk about Chris Paul already being kind of rerouted to the Clippers from Chris Haynes. I, that Chris Haynes is the only one I've seen report that. I haven't seen a sole report elsewhere about that. But Chris Paul back to the Clippers would be super interesting because, you know, frankly, I thought the Clippers were better with Russ, and they all really only got like 20 games of that, and really they didn't have Paul George for that stretch. I I want to see the Clippers bring back Russ instead of going after Chris Paul. Frankly, I I think that move makes more sense than bringing an old man Chris Paul is retaining Russ. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what they do there. What the if that's actually a thing that'll happen? I. 
I don't know. I'm skeptical in it, but yeah, interesting moves in the Western Conference for next year already. The clock is turning as the draft approaches. We'll get some probably big time trade talk. You know, Zion Williamson potentially on the move. Um, Brandon Ingram maybe. CJ McCollum, like all Pelicans players, because I think the Pelicans want to move up. You know, we'll we'll see if they make a you know big splash move there and whatnot. And I'm sure there's some other names I'm late forgetting, but. Uh, and last NBA thing before we, can, you know, kind of head out here. Uh, John Morant suspended 25 games for, um, how do I say this? I, I guess playing G.I. Joe on Instagram Live. If, you know, being an Army man, but not wanting to be in the Army, just using the tools that the Army people use. It, if, you can't, if you can't connect two and two there, I'm sorry, but I don't want to spell it out anymore for you. Uh, John Morant likes flashing things, and it's not not himself. It's it's weaponry. So, John Morant suspended 25 games. Made it seem like he was going to get the death penalty, um, you know, in the press conferences, where it's like, we don't want to take the attention away from the finals. Well, I mean, you build it up and then, you know, slap 25 games on him. I mean, I guess it's fair. I don't, I don't know if this sends a message. There's already been reports where John Morant's camp thinks that the NBA and the media are out f- to get it from him. Buddy, you're the one. You made the sandwich. <laughs> you're the reason why they're out for you. Because you were doing stupid things. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what John Morant... Like, J- John Morant's people, I think, around him are more the issue than, I think, John Morant himself. He's being stupid, no doubt about it, but... When the people around you are kind of emphasizing that and square rooting that problem, I it doesn't help. So either way, John Morant suspended twenty five games. Grizzlies still have Tyus Jones at point guard, who is more than serviceable. So I think they'll be fine as a team. But I I do think it's a lighter sentence if if this was like a role player like a. Like, not a guy they wanted to be the face of the league. If this was anyone like that, I think it'd be a harsher suspension. Honestly, I frankly do. Because two-time offender, um, claimed mental health issues the first time when it happened. I, you know, it's just bad taste, I think. You know, second-ranked player, I think this gets worse. But John Morant, I think they want to push as a face of the league. And we'll see if that happens, like ends up happening. I think it's very possible for John Morant, but... I don't know. In time, we, we he has to make it like, you know, one year without a gun for, for them to be happy. They need the big sign outside the arena that says, "One day without a gun on Instagram Live." <laughs> like, just every every like, oh look, it's ninety days, ninety days since the last jaw incident, and then when it happens, you just see the zero slowly start to form on the screen. It's like no. Someone take his phone. <laughs> and then John Morant suspended 50 games. Or 26 games. They just increased it a game. <laughs> Either way, that, yeah, John Morant, bad news. But, you know, he, I think he's figuring out hopefully sooner than later. It'd be, be tough if this was like a, if it came flared up like 10 years later. It's like, no, John Morant. John Morant is flashing his gun in VR Instagram Live. No, John. And it's like, oh, man. <coughs> Either way. Sorry about that. 
now on to the puck update. Teased it a little bit earlier. Las Vegas Golden Knights. They are the champions. They are the NHL champions of the world. They are crowned with the Stanley Cup. They've had their parade. They've been drunk enough as well. They get the win over the Panthers in very emphatic fashion. I don't know what the final score was. It's like a football 10-3. Good old Big Ten West game or something. I don't think it was that, but like 9-3. So that, that's the type of score you'd see like the Iowa Hawkeyes win 9-3 over Nebraska. Like it, very nasty, but fun hockey. They scored a lot of goals and in route to their first Stanley Cup title already in six years after being accepted. They are champions. <laughs> so kind of crazy, you know, seeing an expansion team that I, you know, was very like, I'm going to say like witness to because I'm not big hockey head, but it's weird to see a hockey or a expansion team you know, be formed, get drafted, like, draft all their players, acquire all of them. You know, they end up going to the finals in their first year, and then they win it a couple years later. You know, putting that into terms, if I saw that in football or basketball, or I guess even the MLB for that matter, it'd be nuts to think about. Like, really, it is, you know, expansion team, like, boom, they're already winners. And I guess we had that kind of here in Atlanta with the MLS team with Atlanta United. You know, they came on the scene quickly and exploded into what they are now you know not as good now but you know draw sellout crowds already MLS champions one time you know it's just crazy to think about just the team coming in immediately and already making a big impact on the sport you know the way that the Knights are you know with marketing kind of creating that market in Las Vegas because I mean you think about it, the Knights happen and I, I kind of paved the way to the Raiders going there. The um, hot, or the baseball team, the A's are probably going to go there soon. And then the basketball team, you know, if they ever expand in the NBA, Seattle and Las Vegas might get teams, and you know they might, put, I guess, put New Orleans and Memphis in the East. But either way, like things were happening quickly for Las Vegas, and I think the Knights might be the root of it as a as a sporting city, like a sports town. It's all very interesting to think about, especially when the concern there was, you know, all the gambling stuff as like, can you put teams there? Will, you know, the books, will the sport books be an issue? And it turns out sports books are an issue, but other places, you know, the Colts have their issues. The Lions have their issues in other sports. You know, that's kind of the issue the football is dealing with right now. But the hockey team hasn't seemed to have any of those issues and the Raiders haven't yet, but you know, it's just, it's it's a product that, you know, it's not, like, the location does not encourage it. It doesn't, like, force gambling on the team and the players and all that stuff. It's just, regardless, yeah, Golden Knights. Impressive performances all the way to the Stanley Cup. I think, you know, I don't think they had a Nuggets domination over the NHL stuff because... NHL is a lot more volatile than the NBA sometimes. Not sometimes, but it is for the playoffs at least. So, And yeah, Knights get an impressive series win over the Panthers. Panthers run obviously was magical. Um, but similar to the Heat, it, in all likelihood, they probably didn't deserve it. I mean, they probably should not have made the playoffs. They were like probably you know seconds or minutes away in, from a regular season loss or you know, some way of losing this playoff spot, they were probably minutes away, and they just didn't. And, you know, they 
good for them. They picked up a good a historic win over a historic Bruins team. The goaltending was phenomenal. They had a magical run, but fortunately comes to an end in the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, I believe they lose in five, six games. But yeah. Uh, and then the U.S. Open, the course, course kind of failed. It seems like the people, people don't love what happened at the L.A. Country Club this year. Uh, not, not a whole lot of excitement around, you know, Wyndham Clark winning it all. I mean, good kid seems like, or I say kid, but good man. You know, people like him. Seems like a nice guy. But you know, guys wanted to see Rory, Ricky, Scotty. You know, Scotty Shuffler, those type of names. They want to see those guys win it. But Clark gained the win. Good for him. Good good for him, you know. But maybe he launches his career. Uh, 29 years old, I believe. So, you know, potentially could be the, um, you know, next guy that kind of breaks through. Some, it, sometimes it's just these majors. You need to see a couple guys, like, just win it once. And they decide they're just going to be the guys to win it all the time. And. Maybe it's the start making of a really good player, but yeah, that's that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Like I said, this is a no notes LK sport or I guess LK sports coach's corner. You know, no notes off the top of my head. Maybe we go over baseball on Wednesday. Uh, last minute NBA thoughts, NBA draft thoughts, I should say, stuff like that. But yeah. So with all that being said, I'm your host, Lucas Kochevar, as always, and I'll catch you next time. I'll catch you Wednesday. Make sure to like, share, subscribe. I'll see you on Wednesday, Coach's Corner. Goodbye.